welcome to the Alexandra Wenman Show. Today on my sofa, I'm talking to author, speaker, healer, ex-director of alternatives, Mr. Steve Nobel. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me on your sofa. Oh, it's my sofa, obviously. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I wanted to just kick off our interview today because you have a wealth of spiritual knowledge. You've been working in the industry for many, many years now. And obviously, uh, the hot topic on many people's minds at the moment is what's going on on the planet. Right. I just wanted to get Steve's take <laughs> on what too. on earth is going on at the moment. Yeah, well, here we are in London, and of course, London is a hot spot of um, uh, challenges and <coughs> various things going on uh, across the planet. I think that there's all kinds of stresses and tensions uh, as more light hits the planet this year. I think this year and next year are crucial years in the ascension process. And what I feel is that as more light impacts the planet, it's almost like the dimensions are separating. The 3D, you know, the real fear, separation, enemy, war, all that that we're seeing on the media, is, seems to be polarising even more. So people who are more in the spiritual zone must be looking at that thinking it, it looks even more mad or even more distant. Of course, some people are still very embedded in that. Uh, I think as the planet shifts, there are some places on the planet holding that 3D energy um, Middle East and various other places and but other people who are just are kind of expanding out into light are it, it does seem the world is becoming more polarised into 3D, 4D at the moment um, London as we know has had a lot of stuff there's been a very tragic fire recently, uh, I did um, an evening where we actually did some release of some souls because in a tragedy like that you get people who are confused, lost, you know who pass over and don't know where they are so I think we did help uh, some of them. I don't think we helped all of them. <coughs> and I actually had a client um, uh, about two weeks ago who, I can't give the details, but basically her husband was involved in the London Bridge. The good guys, you know, the yeah. good guys. And um, something followed him home and I had to help also release one soul and other stuff there. So all this is going on. It's a very chaotic time. Um, so, I mean, London is difficult at the moment. It's a bit of a melting pot right now. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Just for just for people watching, what is what is what in your words is the ascension process, and why do we have to go through it? Okay, <laughs> a, yeah. Why do we have to go through it? Well, to answer that, we have to look at the kind of whole multi-dimensional nature of reality. That for most people on this planet, I think the idea, and certainly when I was growing up, the idea was there's one place that we come to, which is here. You know, we might come from different parts of the planet, but this is the one dimension we come to. But actually, um, the more I've gone into the whole spiritual journey and meditated and journeyed, I realize this is not the only place. You know, like people like self channeling, beings from other places. There are many realms of existence, and this is just one. And this particular um, dimension, if you can imagine a spectrum of, uh, from light to dark, we've been in the kind of dark end for quite a while. And the plan is to raise this planet out of the dark. Um, and so a lot of people have been coming here, star seeds have been coming here, people who are kind of old souls, who, are, who know kind of a higher vibration of life, a different way of living, different possibilities, are coming here. And they also fall asleep, like we fall asleep. Mm. Do you remember falling asleep? Yes, and waking up again, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So if you fall asleep, and then you go, and then you wake up to, ah, my life doesn't work, I'm not quite sure, why am I doing this? It's a bit like the Matrix, you yeah. know, that you get the red, field and the blue field and you start waking up and a lot of people are waking up and this waking up process is it's almost like a light virus in the planet that it, it, uh, the planet won't shift by people on the outside waving flags going 
come on guys, let's love everyone. You have to kind of go in, get embedded in all the dark families, all the dark corporates and all that stuff, and then wake up and go, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. And it's kind of like a virus in a way, if you can think of it like that. You kind of have to shed light on the dark kind of, well, <coughs> I don't want to use the word sinister, but the shady, shadowy corners of, of our reality. Don't all the stuff yeah. that's hidden. We need to bring it to the surface. You can't heal it if it's all squashed down in the corner, can you? Exactly. Or repressed, yeah. or suppressed. So we, we're born in families which aren't all love and light. We, we go to work in organisations which are like that. We live in countries which go to war. And we kind of wake up and go, what? What are we doing? Who are these families? Who am I? You know. Um, so that is part of the waking up process, part of the shift. The other part of the shift is light is bombarding the planet now through stargates like the sun and other places. And as more light impacts the planet, the vibration is shifting on the planet. Um, the darkness that's been ruling this planet, and it sounds very heavy and gloomy, um, anti-light, anti-spirituality, uh, enemy patterning, you know, it's us and them, are finding it much harder to hold that, those reins of power. And reins of power have been held through a military, through financial, through government, through corporate, all those kind of control centers. But more and more, that, that those kind of control reins are breaking down, dissolving. As we've seen in this country with Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn's my MP. Uh, and there's a whole shift going on in the country away from all that austerity, control, dumbing down a whole load of people. You can see people questioning now, yeah. can't you? Yeah. I always laugh about you know the war on terror and that sort of language and having to fight for peace. It's yeah, like, th this doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? Surely peace is you know pe pe the energy yeah. of peace creates peace, not yeah. fighting. It's really interesting. Well, here's a different take. I think he said, "I'm not, I'm not going to press the nuclear button, you know, and destroy another country. I think we should talk first. And you know, I remember on Question Times, one of the programs on British TV. Somebody really angrily saying, "Why would you not press the button?" You know, it, it was kind of a strange kind of scenario. <laughs> well, because millions of people be vaporized instantly, you know, and the world would become uninhabitable. That's one reason. You know, it, a nucle the nuclear deterrent is an old 3D. You know, if we hold a big enough weapon at someone's throat, they won't attack us. That's a very 3D uh, mindset. Yeah, that, yeah, that will dissolve as we move forward. Um, I think the planet at the moment is moving out 3D into 4D and within about um, 50 to 100 years we'll be into 5D. These are higher bands of light, higher bands of unity consciousness. In 5D there's no concept of war. I mean that is, that's like half a century away. There'll be no concept of war, there'll be a, a whole different mindset. Uh, as more and more starseeds come into the planet, are born here, and, and that's an increasing rate at the moment. I think it's about 40% of starseeds are here. Yeah. Uh, imagine when they wake up 40% of the planet will be starseeds, whereas at the moment you've got less than 1% of the planet. So that's why we've got the planet we've got at the moment. What, what advice can you give people who are, who are going through an awakening at the moment? Is to, or even just regular people who are just a bit lost with everything that's going on, how to, how to kind of cope and stay in balance in all of this? Yeah, well for people who are, I think the matrix example, you know, there's a red pill and a blue pill. If you've been handed the red pill uh, and you go, oh, it might, it's kind of a metaphor, but at some level you think, my life doesn't fit me anymore. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a sense of maybe my direction doesn't fit, maybe my work doesn't fit, maybe just what I'm doing is not joyful. There's that sense, right? <coughs> so the good thing to do is to, is to slow down, take time out, stop, 
question, meditate, go on retreat, if you can. I understand a lot of people on the treadmill of like money. This is another very 3D thing that you've got to keep chasing. Mm. Um, there are ways of getting off that treadmill. I mean, I, I know I was on the treadmill. I was working in local government. Um, you know, I was married with two children. My yeah. two children are now in their 30s. So when did you take the red pill? <laughs> uh, 1992, I started taking the red pill. And um, what happened was my, my ex-wife was going, you know, my now ex-wife was saying, what's happened to you? You're not the person I married and all this kind of thing. And I wasn't. I was changing rapidly. She was the same. And um, suddenly all my bookshelf was swiped off of philosophy and history books on the spiritual and channeling. And she was looking at me going, uh-oh, something's <laughs> happening. And I was going on workshops. And uh, really my whole life I started absorbing all this stuff. I was into personal development seminars. And I started shifting massively on the inside. And of course, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're doing it and the other person isn't, then there, there could be a disconnect. I mean, it's not always the case because some people are very open-hearted and they're, they're kind of by absorption getting it from their partner. But sometimes the, the relationship splits because one person's anti what you're doing. And you know the vibration between you is like that and then bang. It's where it makes them so uncomfortable that they can't support you in it, I suppose, isn't it? They have to kind of pull apart from yeah. and you have to separate. Also, most of your friends will start leaving you. Probably A lot of them will usually oh, yes. start leaving you. <laughs> going, oh, you're different now. Your vibration, well, they might say that your vibration's different. But you, you don't talk about the same old problems like you used to and all that. So they'll leave and there might be a void, which is uncomfortable, but you have to wait. And then new stuff comes in. Mm -hmm. Nature abhors a vacuum and all of that. Yeah, it's a tough one having to let go of friendships, isn't it? Because you kind of, I, I've, I've been through a bit of this myself. I've got a lot of clients going through it at the moment. It's, very, it's a lot of this codependence um, yeah. being weeded out a little bit at the moment. Yeah. But it's like, you can do it with love. You don't have to. It, it, I think a lot of people feel mean backing away from friendships that they've had for years, but you, you can just love them and let them go. Let them go. And some just dissolve away, yeah. you know, naturally. Yeah. Um, you I mean, for, for in some cases, you might have to do cord cutting, which is an energy exercise, which is like, Sniffing the energy attachment, particularly codependent relationships where somebody's almost attaching you through these octopus tentacles and pulling your energy and sucking your energy out, and they're living their life through you. Uh, you know, I've had a few people whose mothers are living their life through their daughters, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. You have to sniff, 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 sniff. And another thing, um, it's almost like you can call back your life from people, particularly lovers or part, part, you know, husbands, wives. Parts of our life go with them, and we need to call it back. That's part of the process, the healing process. It's a very shamanic thing. I mean, I do it with a lot of clients. And I've been actually coming here, I was doing it with myself, remembering, oh yeah, that person, I so loved them, and then and they went, oh, let me call my life back. Yeah. So I was doing it in the underground. Oh. <laughs> Maybe not the best place to do it, anyway. but you can do it anyway. Yeah. Just put yourself in a bubble. Yeah. So a, a support is very important, getting support, having a cup of tea with someone who understands. And in the early days, you might not have many friends who are in this, in this kind of spiritual zone, but I remember when I met this spiritual teacher, Jill Edwards, she said her whole life was this, and my life was not that. But gradually, as people fade away, more people come in. Now, all my friends are kind of highfalutin spiritual types, you know, who talk about, you know, personal development and magic mushrooms and all the rest of it. And, uh, so. Yeah, tell us, because you've, you've done a lot of training in a lot of different modalities, haven't you? So tell us about the, your journey with these magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. <laughs> Well, um, my father was always very anti-drug-taking uh, hippies, so he put this fear in me of that. So I grew up very straight and square. And it wasn't until I hit my 50s, really, that I started to think, I wonder if it's okay. I've done all this spiritual work. I wonder... So I did this... Uh, actually, it was this year. Um, 
with our good friend Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, three, uh, was it two or three magic mushroom ceremonies, and it was so loving and powerful and beautifully held and transformative that I decided I'm going to explore my, myself. So I've been doing my own personal exploration with these beings. And they're just wonderful energies. They're very nature-based, but they're very loving and opening. And um, I get a sense it's quite a bouncy sort of joyful, fun, 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 yeah. fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> you think of the despicable me, those little yellow <laughs> things. They're like, hey, hey, how, how are you? The minions. The minions. <laughs> I think they're a bit like nice minions. <laughs> but they're very fun, and you can have a lot of fun with them. Um, of course, with anything like that, you have to be careful, and it has to be done in a sacred way. And intention is everything. It's not party party. Mm. Uh, if you don't know why you're doing it, don't do it. For me, it's about. Um, I read about microdosing. You know the studies of microdosing mm. was if you take small amounts of certain uh, substances, your creativity massively expands. So I've been exploring you that. You don't have well. to go right through a massive big kind of no. process with it. You can just and don't go massively high. But you're like so. I've been particularly last few months really exploring and waking up going ooh ah. So the microdosing has helped me um, open the creative channel. Uh, all these transmissions that I've been doing, um, which I haven't had a slow pace. If something's been speeding up, I've got three or four stacked up into my consciousness. We're all like jostling, going, me first, me first. And so the next one waiting there is an Isis, Goddess Isis oh, transmission. Claim that Isis. Claim that And she's been with me for about um, seven or eight days all, all day long. And so I've been really getting used to that energy around me. And... Uh, so then I'll be ready to do the transmission. So it's really opening up these channels to all these higher frequencies. And, uh, um, uh, and I was kind of worried, will it open me up to anything lower? But it doesn't seem to be doing that. No. It seems to be only opening up to the it's higher. It's time now, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I'm, of course I'm going to tread carefully and mindfully because my body is the experiment lab and I'm, I'm mindful of my lab. <laughs> I don't want to do anything too much or blow any circuits. But so far it's been really good and uh, I've been connecting with different energy, or they've been connecting with me and it seems to be opening the channel gently. So it's very nice. I hear Silicon Valley mostly microdose. Oh really? Well, because their whole uh, industry is based on creative ideas. So Great they're, ideas coming in. Yeah, so, so, if you're in, okay, so if you're in a creative ideas industry, take heed. <laughs> you're going to start a microdosing lab. Revolution. Revolution. Come to Steve's mushroom <laughs> bar. So I want to just go back a bit to how you started at Alternatives. How, how did you go from like, like local government and that sort of background into mm. suddenly running one of London's biggest sort of spiritual <laughs> platforms? Oh yeah. So Alternatives has been running for 35 years. Uh, so back in the 90s when I'd been this awakening process, I was working in local government in a very... Um, boring, stressful, well-paid job. One of those kind of jobs. And when I was really kind of thinking, the rest of my life's all aligned with spirituality, except my work. <coughs> so I asked the universe, um, should I resign? You know, you can ask the universe. And then I got this sign back on a T-shirt, walking on Acre Lane in Brixton, just do it. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 tick. <laughs> the tick. And I went, like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And then within about two minutes, I was pulled to another sign in the window that said, just do it. So I thought, and it hit me, like, that's the right answer. So I resigned the next day. There was a double rainbow, you know, in the morning. And so there's another sign, whoa. But of course, uh, I had nothing to go to. I just resigned. And um, so that, that started a two-year journey 
of, I mean, it was an amazing journey, and it was purely intuition that guided where we're going to go next. Money is always a concern, of course, and um, I had two children and a flat um, and stuff. Uh, but I was guided, and then I was, what happened? Then I was guided, I started working as a volunteer with alternatives. I worked in the office for five quid an hour, and then they offered me a job as an administrator, and I was a terrible administrator. <laughs> I did it for a year, and then there was a big fight in the organization, and then they said, do you want to be a, dir a junior director? And I was like, oh, sounds good, all right, I'll do that. And then there was another bit of a fight, and then I was left holding the organization. <coughs> and I had no idea how to run an organization like that, so I basically- Sink or swim, right? <coughs> yeah, <laughs> I said to the universe, can you download like Matrix? Download, I can do Kung Fu. <laughs> And it did. It said, employ that person, uh, get that person to speak. It was really like that. And in those days, there was no interviewing. I just said to Richard, who's still a director, I said, Richard, you're employed. And there was another person who's a volunteer. I said, you're the new administrator? And it was just like that. I mean, it's unheard of, probably. <coughs> and we, the company was not doing very well financially, but then we pulled it out over about 18 months. And when I left, it was doing very well financially. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I had 13 years there, it was an amazing place, but my, then my soul was pulling me away, going, away, you've got something else to do. And I'm like, no, I'm staying here, it's fantastic, my family. So that resistance caused another transition, which wasn't easy. Yeah, so what happened with that, with that transition? Because that was a, quite a big shift for you, wasn't it, into yeah. the work that you're doing now, really? That was about five years starting the night with soul, so that was really hard. Um, uh, my relationship on my second marriage collapsed. Um, we're still very good friends, but we had to part. We sold our lovely place that we manifested. It was a lovely place mm -hmm. we had. Um, I resigned from alternatives, and it was a really difficult period. And I felt that I'd fallen from grace somehow. That the light had switched off, <coughs> and then I had the feeling that I burnt out on the mind, body, spirit zone, and I wanted to get as far away from it as possible. So I went and drove a London bus for a year. I think you drove my bus. <laughs> yeah, I was flying through Stamford Hill, I think. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was like, this, it, it really grounded me into something. And driving a bus through London is, and, uh, I had this fear that what if the audience, anybody from alternatives, would get on? Oh, and one or two did. And so high. It was, I, I felt deeply embarrassed, but I knew I had to go through it. And, uh, uh, and then it just stopped. And I uh, right, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm resigning. I'm coming back to this. It's time to come back. So then I came back in uh, 2015, and I've been back yeah, since then. <coughs> but that dark night, the soul, it really, um, what can I say? Because you'd already written some books and things before then, hadn't you? You'd already kind of yeah, I've built yourself up as an author. And I, wrote, I wrote the fourth one on personal transitions, it's going through the whole mm -hmm. transition process. Cause I, and I understood that there's, I think there's three parts of transition. There's the, the smooth, which is nice. There's the rough, which is like, one. you know, the smooth. Yeah. I had a smooth awakening <laughs> in the 90s. That was kind of relatively smooth, joyful, and it's fairies, it's lovely, you know, retreats. And then there's the rough, which is like a crisis. Mm. Uh, you get divorced or you get an accident, something happens. Or there's a super rough, which is an existential crisis, dark night and soul, which is one, the last one I went through. Mm. I don't really recommend that one, but it's very powerful. It awakens all kinds of gifts, potentially. Mm. But the risk is that you might not make it, and I, no one else going through it. There's two occasions I thought I'll jump in the river. It was so painful in my body that the river tents looked almost inviting. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> I didn't jump in, but um, and eventually it passed, and I stabilised in my energy field, and then I was able to come back to this kind of work. And it, and can you talk to us a little bit about the wilderness zone? 
because you wrote something uh, on Facebook a couple of months ago about this, and this is something that I, I've experienced, yeah. and a number of my clients have experienced this this total nothing moving in the in your direction. Mm. How do you, how would you um, how would you describe that, and how would you what advice could you give people that are going through this at the moment? The wilderness, uh, well, it depends which of those paths you're going through. If it's this kind of smooth, it's usually a pleasant. Just have a Cardi and Coke on the beach and just wait. You know, the right opportunities will come. There's no ha there's no rush, you know. Reality is shifting in its own way. If it's a rough one, um, it's and you're in the wilderness zone, uh, you're going through some kind of challenge crisis, support is very good. Um, again, um, I think so. I have a, I'm being emailed by someone who's going through something like this, and she's in Sweden saying, Can you help me? And really, she needs a lot more practical help than I can give her. But um, you need to stabilise the practical things where you're living, friendships, you know, you might need to spend time alone. Mm. Um, letting go of expectation, my life should be a certain way, uh, is a great thing to do. Uh, um, what else would help? In terms of stable, I found things like flat fluorescences, bark fluorescences are good. Mm. Um, certain healing is very good. I, I did metatronic healing for about two years. You've got to find a method that really helps your energy. Um, if, if it's a problem of you're being around negative people, then you have to kind of neutralise that. So affirmation tracks, uh, hanging out with people who lift your energy, going to groups that just lift you. It's a question of keeping your vibration high. If you're going through an existential crisis, um, that's much tougher. Are, are any of your clients going through anything like that? A lot of them feeling very lost at the moment. And, and I think... <laughs> There's a tendency, or what we're kind of having to relearn right now, mm. is to call our power back to ourselves. And a lot of people come in and, and they come to see me and they, they kind of go, help me, and then expect me to wave a magic wand. And then I yeah. have to kind of bring them back to a state. I normally just suggest that they come back to a state of centeredness mm. and simplicity. Just, you know, you've just got to go where your joy is and yeah. really come back to basics with everything, find your centre, yeah. and then start from there. because. In, in my experience, what's happening in this situation is that the old stuff is dropping away. Yeah. It's kind of leaving your energy field, your programming is leaving, um, and, and old pain is coming up to be looked at, old karma is coming up to be looked at. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, you're in a holding pattern mm. while this is going on, and you can't push past it. I, I call it free fall, yeah. because you just have to surrender everything and wait yeah. sometimes when you're in this this wilderness, and I can't get over how many people are going through it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, but we're learning that we actually do have all the tools that we need to cope in any situation. It's mm. very much kind of a spiritual warrior path. It is. I know when I went through it, I went, um, there's a church near where I used to live, and there was these windows, you know, um, and Jesus kneeling in the garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will. Yes. And that was like, nothing, almost like nothing you can do, you can't force anything. Yeah. There's a lot of releasing, as you say, letting go, and you just have to wait, and then eventually the, the way opens. Mm. You know, um, it, it's very true. Um, I think the other thing that I just reminded what you said is that the, the energy of the earth is shifting. So there's a new grid of the earth coming up, and a lot of light workers are getting confused about this mm. because they're connecting to the old grid of the earth, it's dissolving. So really, you're connecting to this kind of new 5D grid of the earth. Um, there's a lot of transmissions on my website that connect people mm. to that, so they can connect to this. So it's really getting 
realigning, because a lot of manifesting is going wobbly for a lot of people. They can't manifest in the same way. Mm. I had a whole period where nothing was manifesting for me. Yeah, that's what I found too. Yeah, it all, and all the support goes. Yeah. The, old, the old tricks aren't working. But yeah, all the healing stopped working. Yeah. Friends may screw yeah. your friends might go. Oh, yeah. They yeah. might go. So it happens to the best of us, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. But it just, well, I kind of felt that I was waiting for the lid to lift and, you know, and the, the hard period would just be over like that. But actually yeah. it was much more gradual and gentle and sort of like an unfolding, almost like a flower kind of yeah. unfolding. So little bits of light would come in. And it, it's an interesting time because I think for many people now, we're seeing such extremes, you know, you're seeing, you know, amazing light starting to show itself, but at the same time, this incredible upsurge of darkness. Yeah. And that's, in my mind, what 5D is about is transcending light and dark anyway. Mm. So it's finding that balance and almost instead of going, oh, that's awful and oh, it's amazing. It's, it's a bit like, cool. Yeah. It, this is happening and this is happening. This, yeah. is, this is interesting. And yeah. using it all as a tool to move forward and to heal and to yeah. unravel the old. I think the um, also that can happen for us is that uh, when this pro if we're going through an awakening process and we're in this wilderness, <coughs> our ego can get wobbled, mm. you know. And uh, some people think like to think they don't have an ego in the spiritual zone, but we all have an ego. And the ego is these different parts of us: younger, more vulnerable, more powerful, more introverted, more extroverted. And as they get shaken up, it can feel really difficult. Mm. And also the shadow, you know, the bits that we hide can, can start coming up, and it can feel a bit overwhelming. And it's all being processed for an energy field. And not, and don't worry about it, guys. <coughs> it just will naturally process because the ego needs to reform into a, uh, a container that can hold more light. Mm. And anything that's not, we can't take these dark bits of us into the four or five D. So they have to kind of shift and move. And that can be hard for some. I remember a channel years ago saying, you can't take your negative ego with you. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean I can't take it with you? It, it's all you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got to leave, it gets transformed at the door, and as you step through, your ego gets shifted into more humility, more openness, more transparency, more power, mm. really, and less of these weird games that people play. So in terms of your work, Steve, you actually, yeah. you do a lot of workshops and you have a lot of tools to help people going through this great awakening now and this ascension process. Yeah. So what can people uh, come to you for help with? Like how, how, how do you help? How do I help people? <coughs> well, I've trained in a lot of um, energetic clearing uh, 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 methods. So the two main ones are something called spiritual response therapy, and the other one is quantum psionics. And they both work with like uh, pendulums and charts. And so I track um, the Akashic record and see what's coming up for people, clearing past life uh, programs and vows, contracts, agreements. Also working with solos, you know, calling people like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, cutting cords, um, going in there, Akashic records, and just having a sort around, uh, burning what can be burnt and um, absorbing what needs to be absorbed from other lifetimes, that kind of stuff. I also trained in NLP coaching, so I've got those kind of practical things which help people, uh, almost like um, sometimes a person's mind can undo the work and call it back. Mm -hmm. So I have to work with a, a kind of do the Akashic record work, but also make sure their mind is not going to do these kind of programs, calling it back, reprogramming them. Loop back around, can't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they like not calling it back. Let's go that way, more <laughs> joyful way, not that way. And um, <coughs> I also did some training, something called voice dialogue, which is very good, working with people's uh, ego as an energy field. So, you know, the child, the adolescent, the 
the introvert, extrovert, the smart professor, the, all these parts of us. But sometimes work in opposition. So work, um, So I'll give you an example of that. Um, I had someone who called me and said, I've got a problem. And I said, what is it? And basically what happened, to, they had two parts of working in opposition. One part was this fantastic hippie that said, yeah, come on in. Come around my place. You know, let's, it's fine. And then another part was this kind of, what are you doing? No, email and mail, boundaries. And so what would happen? And I said, well, that people get really upset because they thought this, this wonderful person saying, yeah, come on in. And then three days later, they get yeah, the kind of bored. Shut the door. And they go, what? What's happening? And I just said, well, how long has this been happening for? And she said, oh, all my life. You know, it's called me endless problems. So we just did some work. So actually, those parts were more aligned. So actually, before she went, come on in, she'd actually connect with both of these parts and go, what do you reckon, guys? And then make a decision the, for that place. The angel devil's <laughs> in <laughs> It was very simple, but she cried for like 40 minutes wow. just doing that process. And sometimes these simple adjustments can really help people. These are more kind of the conscious mind adjustments. And then I help people connect with star beings, with their higher self, with various committees uh, that are working. Particularly star, I work mostly with star beings, mm -hmm. star seeds, star seeds, who are awakening, the waking up process, um, people going through this kind of transition process. Um, I mean, I have helped all kinds of people, but you know, actresses who say I keep forgetting my lines, to all that. But basically, my work is mostly starseeds. So, for many people, starseeds is a fairly new and um, unusual concept. Steve, how did you first come across the term starseeds, and what does it mean for you? Well, I came across the term in alternatives um, back way back, uh, probably ten years ago. Starseeds ascension process, two thousand and twelve is all the big, you know, all this shit. I didn't believe any of it. Actually, I thought it's all a commercial, you know, it, when I researched it, I thought there doesn't seem to be anything really there, I don't know, somebody's made it up, and some, they're all jumping on the bandwagon. That was my mind in alternatives, which was much more Virgoian, logical, you know. And then I went through my own transition, boom, my life went boom. <laughs> and then when I started coming down after this five years of Dark Night of Soul, I started getting all kinds of connections, and it, in my mind, Star Seeds was calling, the, the concept was calling me. And I, and I meditated on it, and then I decided to run a workshop on it, thinking, well, if I'm gonna really find out about it, I'll run a workshop on it, if you know, because um, if you're gonna teach it, you really need to know. So I remember getting up that morning, uh, and my mind, my ego mind went, you're really not gonna go through with this, are you? <laughs> and I did go through with it, and it was, I mean, part of my mind was still going, oh, it's all nonsense, but it's a bit like that kind of parts of our ego. But I went through it and everyone was raving about it. Oh, it's amazing. And I'm like, I'm in disbelief about this feedback. So I did about five or six more. And now I'm doing regular evenings on uh, transmissions and connecting people up to their starseed origins. And one-to-one -one clients are saying, where am I from? And you know, I don't want to kind of feed their ego too much about it. But if it's, if it's useful to know, let them know. So the idea of starseeds is that we come from many other places, many other star systems. And the main ones on the planet now are the Palladians, uh, and uh, apparently a lot of our uh, the original DNA was Palladian. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people here with Orion connections, Syrian connections, um, and there are other uh, other races as well here. So you, you can imagine it's a bit like Star Trek, you know, when you see all these different races around. And I think for most people, they've been around a lot of places, actually. I mean, I, I think I'm a nomadic. You yeah. probably have been too. I've got quite a few connections. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite a few. I, I uncover new ones all the time yeah. as well. Who are they? There's, yeah. um, uh, there's you know, all kinds of people like Bashar, Channing, is it the Sas Sasani? Is it? 
or I heard of one the other day, the blue printers, and I've never heard of it. Apparently they're a whole other race. Imagine um, the smell of an old stencil, sorry. <laughs> well, when I went on Google, I saw these kind of printers coming up. But actually, there are starseed stuff. There's probably a dozen or so reeds, uh, uh, races which are very strong here with its own cut, the lyrans. Um, mm -hmm. They have their own karma. So a lot of people in human bodies are still carrying starseed karma. Uh, for example, the Orion karma is very much the light, dark, duality fight. Star Wars is typical Orion, you know. Um, fighting the dark. The Lyrans have this kind of wandering, nomadic, I don't belong anywhere kind of karma type of thing. There's, there's different types of karma that we come into. And here on the Earth plane, we're working out some of that starseed karma as much as our uh, earthly karma. It's a great melting pot of karma clearing yeah. at the moment. Oh, and some of the, the starseed stuff, is, it can be quite heavy and it, and it can be difficult for people to, to face it, I suppose, because to our human brain, it can feel quite out there and quite fantastical, yeah. but at the same time, it's very real. It's, it's a, it, you can feel it in the body if it's a cellular memory or not, can't you? Especially yeah. if you're very sensitive, you'll know what's the truth for you and what isn't. Well, Earth won't feel really like home. Mm -hmm. Some part of you go, this doesn't feel like home. My family doesn't really feel like home. Um, I'm here to do something, I've got no idea what it is. I can't remember it because we forget it. I've got a mission. I've got a mission. What is it? What's my mission? Um, there's a, a different type of intelligence, a different type of looking at the world than a lot of other people. There's a strong intuition. There's a strong call to spirituality, not religion. Mm. Whereas people have been here a long time, which I call earth seeds. They're more, they can be drawn to spirituality, but they're very often hooked into religion uh, because they, they trust it. And this is the way they've been conditioned without really questioning what it is. They, way it's always been done. So yeah. And Earth seeds have been in the goldfish bowl effect. They've been here so long that if you say, hey, there's other possibilities, you create your own reality and they're starting to go, you are crazy. <laughs> you know? Even though they are in a sense star seeds themselves have been here too long, you know, if you think of the history of this planet, start battles mm -hmm. and, and control and manipulation and slavery. If you've been through enough of that, you're going to shut off any of that stuff as, as kind of fairy tales. Mm -hmm. But people who are fairly new here, like starseeds tend to be more, mostly new here, and there are waves coming in that have never been here before. Mm -hmm. They're the ADHD, the ones who really struggle with the school system, those types. But, um, um, yeah, so don't try and convince an earthseed about all this stuff. I mean, you'll be blue in the face, they will not be interested. Mm -hmm. uh, my ex-wife, and even my children, I wouldn't bother because, you know, they'll go, they say to me, Dad, what are you doing this weekend? I say, something weird. And, and they, they laugh, go, oh, and they go, oh, that's all right. Well, you know, that's as far as I go with them. Yeah. Because I don't know what they understand. Yeah, and you know you get arrested, you can feel, you know when you can speak to someone or not. Yeah. Don't, don't you think? yeah, you know, and it's funny, even people who are totally new to the concept, like I guess I've had a lot of new clients, and generally I just don't get clients that aren't starseeds now. I, I kind of set an intention <laughs> to only work with those I can really, really help. Yeah. And, and then when you kind of, Explain to them that, that you know that this might be going on. They go, I know, yeah. and there's a no, there's an innate knowing, and it and it's you can't. It's not something you can feed to someone or tell them if it's not true for them. They they need to feel it really. Yeah, they do. They often have a call to the stars. I was fascinated with Star Trek and Doctor Who when I was young, and for different people it's different. Or, or I was fascinated with superheroes. You know, like there's the one yeah, Woman yeah. and there's the Superman because we know somehow that we have super 
superpowers, a bit like Doctor Strange actually. Yeah. I think our superpowers are Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like, I love Doctor Strange. And the cloaks, I mean, how often do we use visualizations yeah. of magic cloaks yeah. to protect you or to... And going from these different dimensions and meeting all these different energies, it's very Doctor Strange-like. Yeah, that's great. So Tony, uh, my husband Tony, I, we, we sat down to watch that because he loves all this Star, Star Wars and sci-fi and fantasy. And we sat down to watch Doctor Strange and that, there's that first scene where she pushes his astral body yeah. out of his physical body. And Tony's like, yeah. that's like what you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Well, he was like a, a seemingly earth seed that woke up completely shocked. It was a shock yeah. to him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant film. If you haven't seen it, do watch Doctor Strange. It's brilliant film. It's funny, my hubby's getting obsessed with ancient aliens now. He's oh, recording really? it and watching it, and oh. I'm sort of sitting back. And um, the other day, they were talking about Edgar Casey, and something came up about Lemuria, and he just goes, Bang! Lemuria! Did you hear that? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you actually listened to me. <laughs> Realising he's actually taking it on board. It's brilliant. Well, I think there's a lot of stuff. Edgar uh, Casey said Atlantis will rise again, and a lot of the old noise is coming. I think Antarctica is a lot of stuff being found down there, mm. and a lot of I heard a lot of world leaders actually visiting Antarctica, but we don't know what they found. I, I read there's some pyramids that were found down there. Stuff is being revealed, and it's not being revealed to the masses just yet. Mm. But I think that people in power know there's mm. something more afoot. Well, there was something. There was a, a, a briefing with aliens found in Peru the other day. It was in the Daily Mail. Oh. I don't know whether it was real or not, but mm. uh, my, my husband emails it to me and goes, "Look at this!" But I actually have a, a guide with three fingers from Mark Juris. Okay. Like, that's yeah, how yeah, I yeah. know who he is. I can yeah. see the three fingers. It's crazy what's going on. It's amazing. I saw a, a video uh, filmed by the KGB of aliens back in the nineteen fifties or sixties, and um, amazing. And they. I don't believe it's a fake. No. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those very old. They might try and paint it as a fake. But yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth coming out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Really? Be very, I think in you know, a few decades' time we might be meeting some of these beings. Oh, yeah, I think we're being prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Very exciting times, I think. It's very exciting times. Brilliant, Steve. So, how can people get hold of you if they, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, your, your transmissions, and your books, and your work? Yeah, well, on my website, thesoulmatrix.com. There's loads of free transmissions. I think about uh, 40 or 50, I think I've got on there. There's a the Starseed book, download for free. I've got some other free ebooks on there. And on YouTube, Steve Nobel, you'll find me. Uh, there's about 50 or 60 video meditations on there with affirmation tracks. That's well. great. And if you do think you are, or you might be a Starseed, Steve's work is great, especially the, the Starseed book is a bit like a handbook, isn't it, for Starseeds, yeah. to sort of help you cope with what's going on on the planet. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, my dear friend, for joining me today. <laughs>